0: Going to start a new series today, a new series today entitled Birthright. Birthright. And today we're going to be focusing on developing our negative. I want to start out with a question for you guys today. Did Jesus change anything? Did he change anything? If he changed everything, if he, if he did make a drastic change in mankind for eternity, is it visible in Christianity? I mean, if, if really, if all that Jesus changed is, you know, we go to somewhere different than everybody else goes at 10 o'clock on Sunday morning, that's not much of a change, is it? If, if, all, if all he did was clean up our speech a little bit, or, you know, now we give 10% of our money into an organization, that's not much of a change, is it? That's not much of a change at all. You know, if, if all he did was just create another group of people to look down at other people and point their fingers at them and say where they're, they're wrong and they're missing it, we got enough of that already. I do believe that Jesus changed everything. But I think that we're missing, we're missing, we're not focusing in on what he actually does. Did What he actually changed, what the Bible actually says happens to an individual when they embrace Jesus Christ. And that's what we're going to be looking at this week. Starting right off in Genesis, when it all started out, Genesis 1, verse 26 and 28. This is when God made man. It says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, and every, over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them. And God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over everything that moves on the earth. Another question for you Whose image was mankind created in? He wasn't created in the image of a dog, was he? Or a monkey, or a fish, or a bird, or a zebra. He wasn't created in those images. He wasn't even created in the image of a man, was he? He was created in the image of God. He was created in the image of God, and that is just such a profound statement. It's, it's a statement that we know, we've read this. How many times have you read it? I mean, how many times have you heard this story? How many, You know, from, from being in Sunday school all the way up you know the creation story.
1: But what we we do is we don't grab it. We don't believe what it's actually saying. We were created in the image of God.
0: That's awesome. That is an awesome statement. And right now you're thinking, where's Chad going with this? No, we're not God's. There's only one God. But we were created in His image. You can't get around that.
1: My children are after my wife and my image. They're not me, but they were created in my likeness. Right?
0: Think about this. This is an awesome statement. This is an awesome statement. So if mankind was created in the image, in the likeness of God, could he become any more like God? Could he make himself like, more like God? If you were made that way, a certain way, then that's how you're made. They were already as much like God as they were ever going to be. Because they were made that way. But that wasn't good enough for them. Genesis chapter 3, verse 1-3 says, Now the serpent was more cunning than any of the beasts of the field, which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Has God indeed said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which in the midst of the garden, God said, You shall not eat, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Then the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die, for God knows that in that day you eat, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God. I thought they were already in his image. You will be like God, knowing good and evil. So then the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasing to the eyes, and a "...tree desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit, and she ate. She also gave it to her husband with her, and he ate. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden." Then the Lord God called to Adam and said to him, Where are you? So he said, I heard your voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. What was once a positive image turned into a negative one. When they were created, they were created in the image of God. They seen themselves in the eyes of God, in this serpent, Satan came and deceived them, saying, You're not like God, but if you do this, you'll be like God. And when Adam and Eve chose to separate themselves from their maker and to choose for themselves what was good, what was evil, they lost that image when they separated themselves from their maker. And now they were dependent on their self-image. And from that point on, all through, eternity, all through history, man has been choosing what is good and what is evil. And what was the very first thing that they thought was evil? Being naked. Up to that point, they, so the Bible says they were naked and unashamed. Who said that being naked was evil? Did God say being naked was evil? No, he did not. The man said that being naked was evil. So we started a newness colony? No. But they started being self-focused rather than God-focused. And what happened is their image was perverted. It became a negative image because it was only dependent on themselves. And they felt ashamed. They felt fear from God. They hid from God. God even asked them, who told you that you were naked? Up to that point, they weren't even consciousness of being naked. Why? Because goodness is all they experienced. They didn't experience evil. They experienced God. And from that day forward, until, unfortunately, until this day, man is still trying to, to be more like God, even though we have, I'm getting ahead of myself, but we have been made once again in his image. We've been born again. The Bible says that in 2 Corinthians 5, um, 17, that, that if any man is in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. And Christians today still are trying to develop their negative. They're trying to develop their negative. You know know, in photography, you have an image, and then you have the negative of that image, right? And here's what's interesting about this. Positive and negative images. A positive image is a normal image, okay? So a positive image in photography is the true image, okay? And what were we created in? We were created in the image of God, and that was our positive image. A negative image is a total inversion in which light areas appear dark and vice versa. A negative color image is additionally color reversed. The red areas appearing cayenne, greens appearing magenta, and blues appearing yellow. Does that sound
1: like mankind? that we're we're
0: totally inverted, we're totally perverted. Instead of having love, we have hate. Instead of having generosity, we have greed. Instead of having forgiveness, we have revenge. We're a total inversion of what God intended. We have a negative image instead of the positive image of God. A normal image is called a positive, and a negative image is an aversion of the positive. And when mankind chose deliberately chose to separate themselves from the truth of who they were and tried to be more like God they could no longer see that positive image Satan was able to get man to doubt his identity a man's image and man's image became inverted and created a negative image within him that was the temptation. The temptation really wasn't to eat the apple. Or whatever it was. The fig or whatever, pomegranate. There's so many different... What's interesting, you know where the, the idea of apple came from? Back when Prohibition and stuff like that was happening, people were getting drunk on apple um, cider, uh, fermented apple cider. And so they had posters that they put up with a forbidden tree with apples on it. That's how... We got this idea that it was an apple tree. But anyways, that was just a side note. It really wasn't eating the fruit. There was nothing in that fruit that really did anything to them. It was the temptation to doubt who they were, to doubt God, to doubt their identity. That was the temptation. And when they doubted who they were, they no longer had a source to have a positive image, but they... All they had was themselves to base their image on, and it became a perverted, inverted, disgusting self-image. Man was created in God's likeness and image. They were more like God before they sinned than they were after they sinned. When you're born again, when you're born again, when you embrace Jesus Christ, Jesus says a man must be born again and the Spirit of the living God comes inside of you, and you become a new creation in Christ Jesus, you are more like God right then than 50 years later of trying to be a good Christian. Why? Because you were made that way. You were made that way. And how many of us have gone through life trying to be more like God, trying to be more like Jesus? If I just pray more, if I just read my Bible more, if I just serve in the church more, if I just do, 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 then finally maybe I'll be like, get more like God. How many sermons have you heard? We need to be more like Jesus. We need to be more like God. You hear that all the time. Well, I'm here to tell you that you were home before you even started. You were home before you even started. Why? Because you were made like him. You were made like him. And right believing, a true positive identity of who you are in Christ, will lead to right living. You have new want to's in you. And you're saying, so we don't have to do nothing? No, you don't have to do nothing. But you know what? You want to. You want to. You want to come to church. You want to get in his word. You want to spend time with Jesus. You want to serve. You want to pr- spread the gospel. You want to expand his kingdom. It just, you just got new want-tos in you. It's not you have to. It's just who you are. When you, have an ide- when you get rid of the identity crisis and you know who you are in Christ Jesus and you have his positive identity inside of you, you just naturally do what Christians do, what born-again believers do, what children of God do. It just comes natural. That's how you are. Right? Man was created in God's likeness and in his image. They were more like God before they sinned than they were after they sinned. Why? Because their knowledge was no longer based on the knowledge of God, but rather the knowledge of self. How often do you hear, examine yourself, look at self. You need to clean self up. You need to have self-improvement. No, you need to look to Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith. Look to Jesus. Look to who you are in him. This is, this is awesome, because I wasn't raised this way. I was raised that, you know, you accept Jesus Christ as your savior. Probably five, six times, you know, go up as many times, you know, much as it takes. Just keep going to the altar calls. And, no one ever told me, you know, what actually happened. They just made me feel sorry for all of the bad things I've done. They never told me who I was in Christ. They never said I was a new creation. They never said that I don't have to sin another day in my life. Why? Because I'm no longer a slave to sin. I'm sin's master now. No one ever told me that. You know what they told me? They just continue beating in me. Work harder. Try harder. Do more. And it left me frustrated. It left me feeling like I will never obtain. If you read two chapters in the Bible every day, then someone says, Well, I read four. And then you read four chapters in the Bible. Well, you only read a chapter? I read books a day. You know, when when does it end? You do something good, you work, you serve, you're feeling good about yourself, and what happens? The accuser of the brethren comes and says, "Yeah, but you should have, you could have done this, or you could have did more. And if you didn't spend your money on that, you could have done this." It's just, it's just ongoing. We're supposed to be entering His rest, and he that has entered into His rest has ceased from His works, as God ceased from His works. The Bible says, "We no longer work; we just be." This temptation has never changed. Lying is identifying with Satan, the father of lies, instead of our heavenly father who cannot lie. Stealing is seeing ourselves as takers instead of givers. Sexual sin is based on a perversion of our true sexual identity. Murder is thinking more highly of ourselves than we should, thinking our interests justifies killing another person. And you can do it with words just as easy as with a gun. And on and on the list of sins go. All sins are rooted in having a negative image. (laughs) A king or a queen or a prince, people of royalty, you've watched the movies, there are certain things they don't do because that's not who they are. There are things, certain things that, that those that aren't in royalty do and can do and act and say that they don't have that privilege to do anymore. Why? Because they're royalty. They have a different identity, right? When you become the President of the United States, you can't be, you can't act, you can't be, you shouldn't be like any average America, American. You have been raised to a standard, and you act, you talk, as that standard, as representing the government of the United States of America, right? As a Christian, once you see yourself in Christ, as you see yourself in your identity, that you are what? A child of God. See, there's another word. It's throughout the whole Bible, isn't it? Throughout the whole New Testament, children of God. Abba, Father, we've been adopted into the beloved. And there's one of those words that we don't really grasp what that means. When it says Jesus was the firstborn from the dead. And if there's a firstborn, there's a secondborn, and a thirdborn, and a fourthborn. And somewhere in history, you were born again from the dead. And you have been grafted in to Christ. And Christ is in the Father and we are in Christ, and Christ is in us. Wow, that's mind-blowing. But that's your identity. That's your image. And the more that the church sees who they are in Christ Jesus, the more they're going to act like it.
1: The more they're going to act like it. We need
0: to develop our positive image. And just saying that, Right there, it, it's, that's not correct. We need to embrace our positive image. Jesus Christ has developed your negative image into
1: the image of his dear son. You are in
0: the image of Jesus. And you say, well, I don't I'll go in the mirror. I don't look like it. I don't feel like it. That has nothing to do with it. It has nothing to do with it. In your spirit, in your spirit man, you were born again. A new creation. The Amplified actually says a new species that never existed before. And you were made like Christ. Right? That's awesome.
1: That is so amazing. That is so
0: awesome. You know... Satan doesn't have a new bag of tricks. Right from the beginning, he was he was tempting man not to believe the image that he was created in, and he tried the same thing with Jesus. He tried the same thing with Jesus. Jesus was even challenged to doubt his image. Matthew 3:16 and 17. When he had been baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water, and behold, the heavens were open to him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting upon him. And suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. So, right there, Jesus received his image I am the Son of God, and he is well pleased with me. Not only am I the son of God, I am his beloved. I am his beloved son. And my father is pleased with me. He's happy with me. That was his image. And we find in verse 3, Satan showing up. Now when the tempter came to him, he said, If you are the son of God, command those stones to become bread. What was the temptation? Was the temptation to eat the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil? No. Was the temptation to turn the stones into bread? No. What was the temptation? To doubt his identity. If you are the son of God, then do this. Prove to me that you are who you say
1: you are. And notice what he left out of here. He left
0: one word out of there. Beloved. I'm telling you, you'll have a hard time believing who who you are in Christ Jesus if you don't realize that you are his beloved. You are his beloved.
1: Satan knows that. I mean, that
0: changes that whole temptation altogether. If you are the beloved son of God, all of a sudden you start thinking about God loves me. That's awesome. And temptation goes out the window. But the temptation was for him to doubt his identity, his image. And he said to him, if you are the Son of God, in verse 6, throw yourself down, for it is written, he shall give his angels charge over you, and in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. This was an attack on the image that God had given Jesus. And you heard it over and over again. Even the Pharisees tempted him this way. He says, if you, are, if you are the Son of God, then show us a miracle. Give us a sign. And he says, I will give you no sign except the sign of Jonah. See, this temptation didn't stop when, with Satan. Satan was in people all the time, tempting him to distrust, to try to prove who God said he was. Sounds like
1: religion to me. Sounds like religion. Prove that you're a Christian.
0: Instead of believe that you're a Christian. Believe what God has said about you. Believe what Christ has done for you. Rest in him, in him. We need to remember that Jesus was God, but became a man, right? Jesus was 100% man and 100% God. And everything that Jesus did in this earth, he did not as the Son of God, but as the Son of Man. I mean, I just find it amazing that people don't even take time to think about, why did God have to become a man? Why did he have to do it this way? Why couldn't he say, oh, you're all forgiven? I mean, that's a a whole different series of messages. But think about that. God's God, right? He could have just said, well, everybody's forgiven. Why did he have to? He just liked it to be dramatic. He became a man. You don't understand what Jesus did. He said, Father, I will lay down everything that makes me God, and I will go and become like my creation
1: to rescue them.
0: And to this day, Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the Father as what? A resurrected man. He was willing to give up everything that made him God and for all eternity be Jesus Christ, the Son of Man. The name above
1: all names. King of kings and Lord of lords.
0: That is amazing to think about. You see how we just, all these subjects in the Bible, we just kind of just say, oh, we just—we don't really think about what we're reading. That Jesus was a man. Jesus was a man. Everything he did on earth, he done as a man. When, when, he, when he did miracles, he said, it's, it's, the, it's the Father in me that does the miracles, the works, right? I don't say anything unless I hear my Father saying it. He didn't do anything on his own accord. Ain't that interesting? The Bible calls Jesus what? The second Adam. Luke 2.52. And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and
1: man. What does that say? What's that mean? Jesus had to increase in what? Wisdom.
0: You know what that means? He didn't come out of the womb speaking Hebrew. He had to go "A ba A, 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 mama, mama. I don't know what this mama is over there in Hebrew, but he had to learn to talk. He had to learn to walk.
1: He drooled. He had to learn
0: to feed himself. He got food, He got hummus all over his face. Jesus had to learn just like we did. He had to open up the Torah. He had to find himself in the Torah. He had to see, read the prophecies of the Messiah. He had to embrace that, that. That is me." Right? Is that what he did? He showed up in the synagogue and he read in Isaiah, "The spirit of the Lord is upon me to preach the gospel?" Right? And he closed up the book and he says, "This is fulfilled today in your hearing. I am what this says." I am. That's amazing. Jesus had to increase in wisdom and stature in favor with God and man. And men. He had to learn who he was. And I'm sure that the Holy Spirit was there with him all the time. The Holy Spirit was there continually reminding him of who he was. Continually convicting him that he was the Son of God. And what was the Holy Spirit sent to do for us? To convict us of our righteousness, of who we are. Who we are.
1: It's amazing.
0: There was a time that Jesus had to accept by faith that he was the Son of God. And if that wasn't true, then Satan couldn't tempt him otherwise. The temptation was was the temptation, if you are the Son of God, if thou be the Son of God. The real temptation was to doubt the true image, his his true identity, to do something miraculous to prove he really was the Son of God. And how many of us are always trying to prove to God that we love him, try to prove to God that we're a Christian, try to prove to other people that, you know, we've changed, that I'm not who I used to be. And the problem is, is the more you look at self, the more you're trying to self-improve improvement, the more flaws you find, the harder it gets, the more, more um, twisted you get thinking, the more you get frustrated, the more that negative image comes out instead of the positive one. Because you haven't embraced, just embraced, that I am created in the image of Jesus Christ Christ is in me, and I am in him. Christ in me, the hope of glory. It says, in, it says in 1 John, it says, As he is, so are we in this world. So right now, as Jesus Christ is resurrected, glorified, and seated at the heaven, right hand of our Heavenly Father, so are you in this world. Hebrews 4.15, For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weakness, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Jesus wasn't tempted to do drugs. Jesus wasn't tempted with the thoughts of getting a divorce. Jesus wasn't tempted with the stress and the cares of living in our modern society, was he? But the Bible says that he was tempted in all points just like we are. How was Jesus tempted? He was tempted to distrust his image, to distrust his identity. That is the temptation. The temptation is to see yourself in the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. The law is the the knowledge of good and evil. God gave mankind, okay, you want to judge yourself, you want to be like me, do this, this, and this, and then you can be like me. And what did it do? It led to sin, the Bible says. It says that the law is the power of sin. There is, the law is holy, it's good, but it has no power in it to make you good. Why? Because you were created in sin. You were created in sin. Sin means to miss the mark. And I've always heard it taught that it's like an arrow, an uh, archer shooting an arrow, and he misses the bullseye. Oh, I missed it there, I missed it there, I missed it there. No, it literally means you're missing the mark. You have Inside you, you don't have it in you to be like God. You don't have it in you to walk in love. You don't have it in you to be in the fruit of the Spirit. Everything you have is Darkened, twisted, and perverted like your father, the devil. Until Jesus showed up and he made you a new creation. Now you have it in you, you no longer are missing the mark. You have a completely new identity. You have a completely new image in Christ Jesus. No one can ever resist temptation without a firm conviction of who they are in Christ. All temptation, all failure, failure to be like Christ is a failure to see yourself as who you are in him. You're believing the lie rather than the truth. If Adam and Eve had an identity crisis and even Jesus was attacked by Satan in this area, don't you think this is an area that we're vulnerable, vulnerable to and also? It is. How many of you have ever thought, oh, I'm no good. I'm nobody. How can God love me? How can anybody love me? I'll never amount to anything. I can't can't ever break this addiction. I'm in bondage. Why am I such a rotten person? I'm just a worm in the ground. Oh, thank you for your grace, Lord.
1: Who told you that? The
0: tree of the knowledge of good and evil told you that. You can't find Jesus ever saying that. The woman caught in the very act of adultery, he said to her, woman, where are your accusers? And she goes, there are none, Lord. And he says, neither do I. Go and sin no more. He empowered her to live above sin through the power of no condemnation. God Almighty does not condemn you. Stop living like that. That is not you. That's not your identity. That's not your image. Stop seeing yourself that way. This is amazing. Second Corinthians 5.17 Therefore, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, are you in Christ today? If you're not, you can be before you leave these doors. Matter of fact, lock the doors. No. <laughs> if Anyone is in Christ. He is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. You no longer have a negative image, even though you think you do. In you, in who you are, in your spirit, you were resurrected with Christ in his very likeness. You are a completely new creation. You're a completely new creation. You have a new image. A positive image. Created in the likeness of Jesus. And created in the likeness of Jesus. And what does this new image look like? What does this new image look like? We'll find out next week. Amen? Amen. I hope that I've stirred you up. I I've hope I've that I've got you at least thinking a little bit, come to church and think a little bit. I hope that you're going to go home and read these scriptures and find out who you are. Get ahead of me. Find out who you are. Go for it. It's all in the book. It's all in the book. Go for it. Amen? Well, Father, we thank you. We thank you that you're a great God. We thank you that you're a God of love and mercy. You're a God that s- sought out. You s- seek to save the lost. We were lost, Lord. We were in the wilderness. We were in darkness. We were in our negative image. We didn't see ourselves worthy of your embrace. We were hiding in the bushes as Adam and Eve. We were hiding from God, thinking that you're going to judge us, think you're going you're to bring your wrath upon us, and really you're just that loving father embracing the prodigal son and saying, son, come into the rest. Come into the party. You put a ring on our finger and a robe on our back and sandals on our feet and you're celebrating us and you're embracing us and you're kissing us. And you're saying, my son who was lost is found. My son who is dead is alive again. And Jesus' words can never explain how much gratitude, how much love, how much appreciation we have for you becoming our mighty Savior and the Lord of our lives. I look forward to eternity where we can just spend day after day after day in your beauty, in your greatness, just saying thank you. Lord, we love you, we praise you, and we thank you that as we go out these doors today, we go out with our heads held high because we have been created in the image of Jesus. The old man is dead.
1: A new and a living man has come.
0: We thank you and we love you in Jesus' name. Amen. To a message from Karis New Testament Church. For more information or to contact us, go to www.carisntc.org. And remember, you are deeply loved, highly favored, and destined to reign in
1: Christ Jesus.